Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. What do you call a deer with no eyes? I don't know. What? No idea. not a bad joke, right? Yeah, I'm Brendan Francis Newnham. We should introduce ourselves. That's right, and I'm Rico Galliano, and this is the Dinner Party Downloads 300th episode. You just heard the first icebreaker joke we ever aired. That's right, it's one piece of episode one. We'll be playing other pieces of it in this 20 minutes to come. Yes, and the thing I love also about what we just heard is how you introduce the show. It's like, welcome to the Dinner Party Download. Like... <laughs> Get ready to be murdered <laughs> on our upbeat party show. <laughs> yeah, and I was living in L.A. at the time, all that sunshine, and yet I was sounded dour. By the way, we should note this episode will probably be especially appreciated by the old school folk who've been listening for a long time. If you're new to the show, you're going to have a good time too. But uh, we're this is not what we usually sound like. We're just gonna we're gonna tell you stories from our our youth as a show. You'll hear testimonials from people who were there at the start and helped us get to this 300th episode. And oh, it'll be fun. So to get us started, so the show started off. Rico and I worked uh, at American Public Media in Los Angeles, which does Marketplace and some other shows. Uh, we were working on Marketplace, and we got to know each other. And we decided, hey, let's create a show about something we care about, which is arts and culture, other than business, other than business and money, which is not something we care that much about or had much of. Then, uh, and so we started skulking about the studios late at night, the Frank Stanton Studios in L.A. Everyone would leave at five. We'd stick around, uh, maybe fib about who we were, and get people to come onto our show, like the Watson Twins. Who gave us that joke, and we'll hear a little bit of that interview later. Sure, and a lot about the show has changed since then. But one thing that is the same is that we started with a segment called Small Talk, which now is us interviewing a reporter about some unusual news story of the week. Back then, it was quite different. Let's give it a listen. Your friends are going to bring up certain topics at this weekend's party. We're about to tell you what those topics are, and more importantly, how to respond. We're going to help you put the un in unconventional wisdom. Topic number one, Barack Obama's world tour. All right, we're just going to cut it right there. First of all, that's how old we are. Barack Obama had not yet been elected. But second of all, just the, the whole idea of it. We're going to tell you what's important to talk about and how to talk about it. Yeah. You've never heard us before. It's episode number one. <laughs> it was a little presumptuous. <laughs> um, I was all for kind of playing. I, I wanted to play that original Small Talk. Rico's like, dude, we don't want to play that. It's kind of embarrassing. I was like, no way. Let's play it. And then I listened to it, and I absolutely agree. We should not... <laughs> play it. It's I also like good. my voice sounds so compressed then. I don't it's I wonder if I've matured or I think our microphone technology's gotten better. <laughs> microphones <laughs> have matured. Anyway, so it, but let's play uh something that we do still think is uh, pretty cool, you know. We we become better interviewers, I guess, but this is a pretty cool interview, which is that aforementioned interview with the Watson Twins who are a couple of uh, indie musicians. They've played with Jenny Lewis and other folk. And they're still around, yeah. They are still around. They just opened for Jenny Lewis, I think on her last tour. But as you listen to this interview, keep in mind, our show now is an hour, but back then it was just a podcast. We could have made it any length we wanted, <laughs> but for some reason we decided it had to be like 10 or 15 minutes. Which well, the idea was we wanted to give people a little capsule of information before they went to their dinner party, as sure. they were going there. We didn't want to bore them with too much stuff. That's right. But um, we aired, I think, in the opposite direction when it came to our <laughs> interviews. They were, at that point, they were seriously, I think we capped them at two and a half minutes long. It was brutal. So let us hear the very first guest of honor we ever had on the show. This is Brendan interviewing the Watson Twins. Our guests of honor today are the Watson Twins, Chandra and Lee. Welcome. Hi. 
Thank you. Thank you. You guys are wrapping up a national tour this week. You total over 12 feet. You're twins. <laughs> and you just put out your debut album, Fire Songs, on Vanguard Records. These are things you've been interviewed about a lot already. And the first question we always ask on this show is, what question are you always asked and that you're just a little bit tired of answering? Um, I think the, do you guys have psychic powers question yeah, that's is... always Because you're twins? Yeah. Because we're twins, like everyone thinks that we have some sort of psychic power, which... We do, but it only pertains to food, so that's not really that psychic. <laughs> How does it work in food? Like, for instance, we were driving across the country. I went into the gas station, and I got a bag of pretzels and a V8. And I get back in the van, and Lee didn't even see me when and I was I'm in all, there. what'd you get? And she also has a bag of pretzels and a, a V8. V8. It's kind of weird. You guys have a hard-living rock and roll lifestyle, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Most rock and rollers walk slanted around the country. <laughs> Not us. We have our three helpings of vegetables. So we now know twins are psychic. <laughs> our second question is, can you tell us something we don't know? Something we don't know about you, something no one at our dinner party is going to know. We're foodies, and we secretly um, won our own cooking show. Yeah, that's that's a, that's something that not many people know is that when we were little, we had a sort of like this countertop in our mom's kitchen, and we would you know kind of walk around and pretend like we had our own cooking show. Now you take the bread and butter it, <laughs> and so she came up with this idea. Her and my old our older sister said, you know, you guys should have a show on the Food Network called Two Dishes, and you get the same ingredients but you each put your own spin on it. I like it. So oh. if you if you have any connections with the Food Network, yeah. wow, I, I see, away. yeah, this, that's gold. <laughs> We've got links to Watson Twins music, plus recipes and more online. Head over to kpcc.org, click on off-ramp, and look for the old-fashioned picture of folks having a dinner party. So that was our first guest of honor, yes. although you wouldn't know it because I said, one question we always ask, like what? <laughs> Who did I ask that to? Like you, it's while we were figuring out what our questions were going to be? <laughs> Episode number one. That's right. And you might have noticed that weird bit at the end uh, that Rico said. By way of explanation, our podcast also aired on a local L.A. show. Uh, and here's the man who made that possible. Hi, my name's John Raby. I'm the host of Off Ramp, which is a news and art show on Los Angeles's KPCC. And actually, Off Ramp was the first place that Dinner Party Download appeared, back when it was only an eight or nine minute show every week. So, Brendan and Rico, as you look toward the next 300 shows, you really need something excellent from a major celebrity like, say, Tom Jones that includes your names in it. Maybe something like... He's a rabie, whoa, 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 he's a rabie, talking about Johnny Rabie. Or maybe something almost as good as that. <laughs> we can only hope. That's John Rabie, the man who first put us on the radio within his show, Off Ramp on KPCC. That really was Tom Jones singing just then. And uh, I guess that was John being rather self-promotional and self-aggrandizing, and he deserves it. I also need to give a shout-out to John, because he's the reason I use my middle name in radio, uh, prior to that, I used Brendan Noonan, mm. uh, but he, he kept saying, man, the N's in your name keep running together. Brendan Noonan, too many N's in the middle. <laughs> That's and, true. And I was working Actually. on a commentary with him about um, 
a, a serial killer and he was like you know serial killers use three names maybe you should try to end your piece by using three names <laughs> because that's what you aspire to I aspire to be a serial killer or assassins John Wilkes Booth uh, Lee Harvey Oswald so ever since I've used Brendan Francis Newnham John Raby Thank you for that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you hear Brendan say his name, just think a guy coming at you with a knife. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, so as we mentioned, you know, two and a half minutes long, those interviews used to be. And as the show progressed, we started to realize that maybe that wasn't enough time. And that really came to a head for me and I think for Brendan, too, when I interviewed Spike Lee about Do the Right Thing. He had just put a book out about its 21st anniversary Arguably one of the best movies of the 1990s often shows up on Mm -hmm. some of the hundred greatest movies ever made list. And I'm talking to this legend about his legendary movie. And we ended up talking for like 90 minutes. And I think we used three and a half minutes of it on the show. It was like, this is ridiculous. Which also, it's more work to cut 90 minutes into three. You know, it sounds like (laughs) a shorter interview would be easier to cut, but it actually is very, very difficult. Absolutely. So we thought today we would play you a little piece of that interview that didn't make it into the original pathetically shortcut. As I mentioned, uh, he had just put out an oral history of the making of Do the Right Thing. And I was talking to him about the fact that different people interviewed in the book seem to remember the same events in different ways. Everybody has their different opinion of what happened. And uh, some people's memory is bad. <laughs> Give me an example, man. Uh, All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. You supposedly discovered one of the film's stars, Rosie Perez. You said dancing oh, yeah. on top of a speaker at a party. Now... There's a thing called revisionist history, and I love Rosie to death, but this is the truth, a word to my mother. It was my birthday, and at the time, the number one R&B song was The Butt, which is from School Days. Your second movie? My second film. So the dance was called The Butt, so we had a butt contest. You know, it was men and women. And there was this woman that's on top of a speaker who was dancing like crazy. And of course, if she falls and breaks her neck, I'm going to be sued. I, need, I said, will you please get down? She didn't want to, but she came down and then cursed me out in a voice I never heard before. Rosie Perez cursed? I'm shocked. To the curb, Mookie, all right? And I'm tired of it, all right? Because you need to step off with your stupid ass self, okay? And you need to get a life, Mookie, all right? Because the one you got, baby, is not working, okay? And I ain't going to deal with this no more. I never heard a voice like this before. I said, where are you from? She says, Brooklyn. I said, what neighborhood in Brooklyn? She says, Fort Greene. I said, I'm from Fort Greene. And that's how I met her. Now, Rosie was not protesting. She says she was up on the speaker screaming to protest the sexism at the butt she contest. Was, first of all, Rosie was a choreographer for In Living Color, the TV show. They had the Fly Girls. And Jennifer Lopez was one of the Fly Girls. There were some butts is what you're saying. It was shaking their ass. So Rosie, I love her, but that story is not true. So that dance to me. She wanna the butt. When you get the notion, put your back belt in motion. Hi, I'm Madeline Brand, the host of Press Play on KCRW. In the early days, Brendan and Rico were on my show. I had a show on another radio station. And because we didn't have any money, we decided just to ask our friends to be on the air (laughs) and not pay them. And so uh, Brendan and Rico were on every week on, on the show. And it was a really, really popular segment. It was one of my most popular segments of the show, which I guess I find a little bit 
chagrin-inducing because it wasn't really me. It was their show that people were responding to. But anyway, I took credit for it. But I think one of my favorite moments is a moment that happened off mic. And you guys, I don't think you knew that I could hear you two talking before we started rolling tape. And you guys were in an intense argument over which was the more devastating conflict, the Bosnian War or in the various wars in the 90s or the wars of the next millennium, which included the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War. And you guys really got into it. And I was, I kind of wanted to just hear how it all would transpire, but we had to do the segment. So I had to interrupt. So congratulations on your 300th episode. Wow, 300. I know I have a show every day, so I've already done 300 in one year. But anyway, <laughs> happy 300th anniversary, Brendan and Rico. And uh, Brendan, I think you should celebrate with a cupcake. I really do. Oh, <laughs> oh, Madeline. Brendan yes. hates cupcakes for those. Early days. You know, there was a reoccurring uh, motif in our show, my, my hate of cupcakes. But I think we won the cupcake wars because they're no longer as popular as they once were. That was victory for us. By the way, here's a, a little bit behind the scenes for you. That argument that she was talking about us having came Which out. I didn't of, remember, but you remembered immediately. Yeah, yeah, it was an argument that we had about uh, whether the 1990s were a great decade or not. <laughs> I argued that they were. Brendan was like, oh, the fashions weren't as good. And I was like, yeah, but now we live in this post 9-11 world of terrorism. And he was like, yeah, but back then there was the Bosnian War. And then we started arguing about which wars were worse. Yeah. So when she brought it up, I was like, why were we arguing about geopolitics? Although you and I have an interest in, in politics, but, you know, it's not really our, yeah. our beat. But yeah, so we were really it, fighting about something way less important, like which decade was more important. And I... I remember the passion. Yeah, I still think I was right. Yeah. So there were some growing pains for us. I mean, we um, <laughs> we became friends, I think better friends over the course of the show. And moments like this would come up. I, the thing that it brings to mind for me is uh, early days, we got a phone call and it was Top Chef, the television show, invited us on. They needed quick fire judges. That's right, everybody. So we're like, sure, we'll do it. It's in downtown LA, only a few blocks from our office. It's like, great. Next Wednesday, calls at 9 a.m. Great, we'll do it. For Top Chef. Top Chef Masters, Top... let's be clear. Oh, okay. sorry, Top Chef Masters. But that's, close that's enough. Fair. So we're kind of excited. The night before, they call me, and they're like, sorry, our call time's changed. It's at 8.30 in the morning, not 9. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll call Rico. I call, and you're just like, oh, can't do it. <laughs> that's right. And I'm like, what? And you're like, can't do it. I can't do 8.30. And I'm like, oh, right. oh, oh okay, well we, well, we won't go on Top Chef Masters because you can't do it. <laughs> At 8.30. And an argument ensued. But I had a reason. And it was because your dry cleaners didn't open until 9. And you had That's your, right. you know, you're like. And all my dress clothes were at the cleaners that I was going to wear on the show. But how are you going to make it to call on time at 9 because you <laughs> live 30 minutes away from downtown? Because in L.A. it's understood that 9 means 9. I think there's a, there's a window into Rico time there. <laughs> um, but anyway, we did make it on Top Chef. And I think we have a clip for you. How's it going, guys? All right. That's great to see you. Likewise. Nice to see you. The diners for the quick fire, Brendan and Mariko from Dinner Party Download on public radio. And they're funny, they're young, they're interesting. So do you ever do segments like this on your radio show? We do. We do a tasting segment uh, called The Main Course uh-huh. and where we visit a food trend. We've done everything from dirt tastings to Korean barbecues. Dirt tasting? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. I'm sure the ingredients were under a dollar, though. <laughs> 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 the quick fire challenge that we got to judge, by the way, all of the chefs had to make their meal using ingredients that cost less than a dollar. Yeah, lucky us. Yeah, we finally <laughs> not, get not on Top Chef challenge. Masters <laughs> and we <laughs> eat like dollar meals. Saw frisee and like, yeah, roasted garlic. 
Dinner Party Download, your 300th episode. What is up? This is Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And we just want to say rock on. Rock on. Thanks for hosting these fabulous radio dinner parties for over 300 episodes. And my favorite part of Dinner Party Download, it's how we stole your old intern, Davey Kim. He's a snapper now. Snap! Sorry, guys. Peace out. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Dang. We finally grew enough that we could hire some interns, but not quite enough that we could actually hire them on full time. So <laughs> Snap Judgment got Davey Kim, who now produces for them, is doing a great job. You know, uh, that's a really well put together promo. We taught Davey well. We sure did. Uh, so anyway, as we said, we grew, we hired interns, and uh, we became an hour-long show. Our, our company decided that they wanted to expand us from our self-imposed 15 to 20 minutes for no reason. <laughs> We idea. hit public radio puberty. We grew up. That's right. They uh, they wanted us to be an hour. And so to do that, we decided we wanted to keep the speed of the show, but we needed to add new segments. And the one that caught fire and that everybody loved was the idea of doing an etiquette segment. And our first ever etiquette guest was Ms. Elaine Stritch, one of the queens of the Broadway stage. Alas, she uh, departed this planet last year. Mm. She's still maybe the best etiquette guest that we ever had. And uh, yeah. we're going to play this clip of her interview, which is a clip that we've, it's one of the more quotable things we've ever aired, but uh, it's still one of the best. So we thought we'd play it for you. All right. Our, our first question comes from Lizzie in Washington, D.C. Lizzie says, people throw around the word ladylike a lot when they're talking about etiquette. What does it mean, and should I aspire to be it? Ah, now that's a good question. Mm. Uh, number one, I love the expression ladylike. I, it's very cockney. It's like a lady, you know. It's <laughs> Well, the, the cockneys they, would say bird-like, wouldn't they? <laughs> I never heard such a thing as bird-like. Bird-like would mean to me small. Oh, like I just meant a little... she's a pretty bird. Say. They refer to ladies as birds. No, she's a lady like broad. She's not a perfect bird. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who said anything about birds? Can okay. one be a lady like broad? Ah, uh, that's the trick of the week. <laughs> if you can be a lady like broad, that is perfection. I no, think... I'm not kidding about this. And what was the question? So what... she wants to know whether she should aspire to be ladylike. Do you think that's a worthwhile goal in this day and age? If she can sneak a little broad in on the weekends. <laughs> uh... You know what I mean? For instance, if a ladylike person says a line like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> she should be able to get away with that mm. because she says it in a ladylike way. Right. Her lady, her but ladiness she, kind of over, you know, kind of cuts the edge. Her ladylikeness, not her ladiness. I like to call it ladylikeness. <laughs> All right. Is uh, overpowering the. Uh, That's right. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, I can get away with that. <laughs> yes, you can. You just did. Yeah. This uh, broad that's getting married in England. The royal wedding. What's her name? Kate Middleton. Kate Middleton should be able to lean over the table with a martini and say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and still be a lady. I think she could get away with it. She looks like she's got a little spunk. Yeah. And yep. I think a lady should always have spunk. I don't think she should be sitting around with tea napkins. <laughs> but if she's got some guts... A lady like human being should be able to get away with almost everything. R.I.P. Elaine Stritch, a very ladylike broad. Wonderful woman. And and here's the story about that piece. I was the one kind of trying to get her onto the show. And uh, finally, when I told her about the show, she was like, I'm into it. How much does it pay? 
And I was like, oh, we, we don't pay anyone. Yeah, we're journalists. <laughs> Which is true. And then she got very indignant and very upset. And, and her tone was very stern. And that hadn't been how our conversations were up to that point. Uh, and so I was like, let me call you back tomorrow. I'll talk to my producer. Call her back the next day. She's very kind. And I'm like, look, I don't really have any money. She's like, all right, I'm sorry. I just have to stand up for artists. But can you get me a car? And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, we can get you a car. You know, we'll bring yeah. you to the studio. She's an older woman, lives not far from our New York studio. So we find a car. It's $275 an hour. Right, which is in <laughs> which public is... radio money is like a year's salary, yeah. basically. And we also had zero budget back then. But we're like, okay, we got you a car. So she took the car to our studio. We did that lovely interview, which you just heard. She was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. And we wrapped it up in about 15 minutes. A week later, we get the bill and she had the car for four hours. That's right. She just took it around <laughs> Manhattan for hours. She went out to dinner, did some shopping and bankrupted the dinner party download sure. for three years. Probably entertained some people in there and just went out to Jersey for a while. Why not? It's all on the dinner party download. So, Elaine Stritch, that story makes us only love you more. Another long, exhausting day, another thousand dollars, a matinee, a pinter play, perhaps a piece of Mars. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdahl, the host of Marketplace. I do take personal pride in one part of uh, Dinner Party Download, and that is the occasional, uh, very occasional times when they come to me on a Thursday at 3 o'clock and say, Hey, Kai, can you come into the studio and, and yell at us for a minute? And it always turns into a nice little Easter egg on the show. Thanks for attending the dinner party. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, signing off from the Frank Stanton Studios, home of the public radio business show, Marketplace. Hey, stop using my microphone. And this studio is a mess. Yes, yes chef. chef. Clean it up. Ow, my face. Kai Rizdahl is so harsh. But he loves us. That's the Dinner Party Download. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Thanks. Hey, guys, your script pages keep blowing into my studio. You know, technically, Kai, that's not our problem. Yeah? How about I have you fired? Okay, now it's our problem. It's our problem now. Rico, I think that's just amazing, the fact yeah. that they can change the music depending on who walks into the room. But it's true, but you know, it's not that different than what we do when Kai Rizdahl comes around. Excuse me? Nothing. Nothing. As you were, gentlemen. They are the young upstarts, and I, I, for better or worse, am their curmudgeonly old fart, and, and that's my job. And I mean, you know, it's not my personality, but um, I'll play it. The only piece of advice I have for these guys uh, is the same piece of advice I give to uh, anybody uh, on the radio. And, and I'm actually, I am pleased to say that if you listen to them, you can hear that they follow this advice without really knowing what it is. The advice goes like this. Do not think about how you sound when you're on the radio or you will surely screw up how you sound on the radio. And so the only thing I would tell them to do is keep on talking and also pace themselves because I don't know how they got to 300 episodes. I mean, you do 50 a year. That's like six years these guys have been doing this, which is bananas. Hi, Rizdahl. What a great sport he's been. Honestly, he's a very busy man, but he always will help us out when we need him. That's right. At one point, actually, we auctioned off uh, scripts of his from Marketplace. <laughs> that's right. To pay for Elaine Stritch's car. <laughs> I think that's what it went for. Yeah. Um, all right, folks, we're going to close this out. This whole show has been kind of looking back at our evolution, uh, you know, going back to our first episode at some points. So as we were thinking about what else we could have on the show, we decided to go all the way back 
to That's the very right. beginning <laughs> to two ladies without whom we literally would not be here. The reason we exist on the planet Earth, our mothers, <laughs> or at least half the reasons. That's right. My mother, Netta Noonan. Hi. And my mom, Sandra Galliano. Hi, I'm already crying. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how we feel when we come to work every Monday. Welcome to our lives. So we wanted to ask you, first of all, do, do either of you, let's start with you, Mrs. Noonan. Do you remember the first time you heard of, of the dinner party download? Yeah, I think it was over one of his trips home, and he was talking about working on a project and had some great ideas and had met this young man that he was working with, and he thought the two of you could come up with a show. That's nice. He said I was really handsome. No, well, I don't know. My mom's already misremembering if she said young man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rico's older than me. But Come on. Three hundredth haze of the three hundredth broadcast. You are yeah. young men. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. It's all different now. Exactly. Yeah, but I do remember when it was just an idea. It was nascent, yes. Yeah. Well, how about you, Sandra? Did you really think that the dinner party download was gonna last this long? Like like when Rico told you about this idea. You know, I really didn't give it any thought. I you know, he had been working in so many odd jobs. And I remember telling him, you know, you need to get a base. <laughs> and right. then he went on Marketplace. And mm-hmm. and I was delighted with that because I got to learn so much about the market. And <laughs> From listening to me. Yeah, I fled to the secure job of public media. <laughs> that was my fallback. Well, the family was always delighted, you know. And then they were disappointed that you weren't on because... When you did get on your own show, it took a while before it began to spread around the country, right? That's right. So they would hear me sometimes on Marketplace, but then suddenly I wasn't on there anymore. That's right. Lost his job. (laughs) Yeah, I might as well have been (laughs) fired as far as everyone else was concerned. And especially then, because podcasting was very complicated. Not many people did it. It was difficult to listen to it. That's right. Things have changed. Uh, Netta, I wanted to ask you, was there any inkling maybe uh, in his youth that Brendan was going to end up as a, as a radio guy? Well, I, we were all NPR junkies in our household. And we were just across the bridge from Philadelphia, and he um, volunteered to work at the local uh, station one summer, or was it a brief internship? I forget. Yeah, KYW News Radio. Right. In, and in eighth grade, I got a, like, a scholarship internship there. Wow. Yeah. Right. Did I ever think he'd end up with his own show? I don't know. <laughs> Scott Simon has always been one of my heroes, and I've always... <laughs> Mentioned it. Yeah. My mother has a crush on Scott Simon. Oh, yeah. I like Scott Simon. Yes. <laughs> See, moms love Scott Simon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always say my mother raised me to be Hawkeye Pierce <laughs> from MASH, Alan Alda. But I think yeah. also Scott Simon, definitely. That is a very mm-hmm. progressive kind of 70s, 80s thing to raise your son to be, a cross between <laughs> Alan Alda and Scott Simon. Yeah. That's cool, though. At least Scott Simon uh, didn't go crazy in the last episode. <laughs> that so. is true. No, he just wrote a lovely book about his mother. I just finished reading it. Oh. Scott Simon. And what have I done for you? Uh, well. <laughs> We're doing it right now, Brendan. This okay. Is, right. okay. Enjoy it, mothers. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> all right. So we have a question. We ask all of our guests, tell us something we don't know. And so I will ask that with a twist. Uh, tell us something we don't know about Rico. Oh, I don't know if you know how he got his name. Oh, I, I don't. You know, I was a singer in my young days, a classical singer, and opera was my bailiwick. And I was reading a book when I was pregnant with you uh, about Enrico Caruso. Ah, uh, yes, the great tenor. And I was reading his <laughs> notes, and he signed his name Rico. 
I thought, that's the greatest name. <laughs> also, Aww. my father's name was Henry, which in that's Italian right. is translated as Enrico. Which is my middle mm. name. And while we're on the subject of of great names, by the way, my um, some people also may not know my real first name is Francis. I've just always gone by Rico since I was a kid. And uh, Brendan's middle name is Francis, so there's a lot of great names flying mm. around. And my father's first name is Francis. And so is my dad's. That's amazing. Yeah, and my father's the Pope, which is also <laughs> yeah. Yeah. amazing. Yes. Mom, I'm sorry to write you out like this, but I think people need to know. You're writing out the Pope, not me. Meta, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's yes. something we don't know about your son? I can't wait. Be nice. <laughs> well, there was a time in Croatia when you got your head caught in a tram. <laughs> the doorway that of the explains tram. a lot. <laughs> oh, wait, what I, happened? We were going somewhere in Zadar, and there was a public bus, and I was there with my cousins and my sister, and I was just the little one, so I was shoved behind this door, and then when the door opened or closed, my head got caught in the door, which... The the worst part of the story and the reason it sticks in our minds isn't so much that my head got broken. No, who cares, really? Yeah. yeah, it was my father started yelling at me for getting my head stuck in the door. <laughs> he just, well, he panicked. Yeah. He panicked. Yeah. He was like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? I'm like, 10 years old, my head stuck in a door oh. in Yugoslavia, my feet dragging on the ground. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, I have one other story. All right. Oh, great. Uh, that was the time I woke up in the middle of the night. This is after you were gone away to college. You were out in uh, Ohio. And I woke up in the middle of the night to find a tall, lean, bald man with an earring leaning over me. And I what? panicked <laughs> and almost had a heart attack. It was my son. He kept saying, Mom, Mom, it's me. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. <laughs> he shaved his head? Yes. Yeah. And Whoa. I had three earrings, actually, if I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what a thought, Brendan. What a panic. You could wake up in the middle of the night and find somebody leaning over you saying goodnight. Oh, oh no, it's night. Mr. Clean. How did he get in here? I was, yeah, exactly. Let's uh, let's close this out with a little bit of wisdom. There's no, there are no wiser people on earth, as far as we're concerned. What should we uh, consider in the future? Like, how could we make our show better, perhaps? Um. Well... Sometimes maybe you should do a show about older people. What a great idea. I think we just did. That's right. But hey, we've had Mel Brooks and uh, Elaine Stritch. Know, Frank Gehry and Elaine Stritch. It's true, though. We, we could do a better job. Actually, uh, both my mom and your mom recommended that we have Helen Mirren on the show sometime. We 100% agree. So, Helen, if you are listening, please give us a call. We'll have you right on. That was so great to meet your mom. It uh, was. And likewise, we, we have excellent moms. But beyond our mothers, we have lots of people to thank. This is, this is the end of our 300th podcast episode. First of all, thank you, the audience, for listening and being here and helping us make our show happen. For and so then long. we need to read this. This list could be much longer, but we need to read these names of the people who help us make this show. First and foremost, Jackson Musker. Our producer. Gone from intern to producer. That's right. Deserves to be king. Christina Lopez. She's the latest addition to the DPD crew, associate digital producer. Garrett Lang, who engineered today, and also to the entire Marketplace engineering staff, we give our thanks. The voice of history, Michelle Philippi, who does our history segment on every single episode and has since the beginning. Also, Brittany. Martin, Bill Davis, who was an early supporter, J.J. Yore, Judy McAlpin, Sarah Lutman, Craig Curtis, Deb Clark, John Raby, of course, Madeline Brand, and Kai Rizdahl. 
Alex Cohen, Peter Clowney, our executive producer. Mike Resler, Dave Kansas, and John McTaggart. And let's thank you, our audience, a second time because you're just that special. Tune in next week for our annual all-music episode. It's just the thing to listen to on your way to the big Coachella Music Fest. Uh, the show features interviews with folks like Benjamin Booker and Jenny Lewis, who are actually playing Coachella. But now, before we leave you, it's time for One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or returning from this week's dinner parties. This comes from our very first episode. It's the band The Faces. The song is Silicone Grown. This is back when we thought we had permission to play any song we wanted. We've since learned we can only play about 25 seconds. So here's 25 seconds of the first One for the Road. Bon appetit. Bon pranzo. Wait a minute, honey, I don't think the joke's too funny.